So before we go into God's word and to continue in our worship, let me pray for us so we can prepare for this time. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this beautiful morning where we can gather in your name. And today, we come with anticipation. I ask, Lord, that you would allow us to be free to express ourselves through word, through prayer, through song. And this morning, I ask that the Holy Spirit be free to roam in this room to light our hearts on fire so that we may be able to feel the love of God into the deepest parts of our bodies. So I thank you, Lord, for this is a time where we celebrate and praise your name. And it's in your son's most precious name we pray. Amen. For those of you who are familiar with the traditional church calendar, this is the season of Lent. And Lent is a time of year where Christians all over the world begin to focus, begin to reflect, to think about what Jesus did on the cross for us. It's a time where we draw near to God. When we draw near to God, when we spend time with him, a blessing we should receive when we do this is more joy. We are all called to love God with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our minds. And so how do we do that? For us to love God, to know God, to draw closer to him, we do something which is called spiritual disciplines. And spiritual disciplines for me are like exercises. So how many of you like to work out? <laughs> okay, <laughs> honest person there. But it's important to, to, to work out because it it's, helps us to physically train. It's to do things like uh, lifting weights or going on a treadmill or stretching exercises. And at my age, it's very important, me, important for me to be active like that, to have any semblance of good health. And, and if you think about our cars, many of us have cars. We have to bring our cars in for tune-ups to make sure that they run smoothly. And this concept of workouts and tune-ups can be applied to our spiritual health. And that's where spiritual disciplines come in. They are practices or exercises that we do to draw near to God, which is going to be our goal for this season of Lent. We're going to be in a current series where we're going to look at different aspects of spiritual disciplines. And every week, we're going to look at something that you may not have experienced in the past. We're going to be kind of creative, and hopefully you're going to enjoy the experience. And this morning, I want us to see the benefit of corporate worship, which happens every Sunday here in this building. And unleashing uh, a power that can only happen when we corporately meet together. We can worship by ourselves in our quiet rooms back home. But there is something special when the people of God gather together and worship his name together as a church family. Our Heavenly Father delights in revealing more of himself to his children during corporate worship. Uh, a book that uh, some of us are reading, Pastor Andrew and myself, which uh, our sermon series for the season of Lent will be based on, 
is written by David Mathis, and his book is called Habits of Grace. And he has this amazing quote about what corporate worship is all about. He says, We were made to worship together among the multitudes with the great horde, swallowed up in a magnificent mass of the redeemed. God didn't fashion us to enjoy him finally as solitary individuals, but as happy members of a countlessly large family. So this morning, we are going to experience a worship tune-up. And if you're going to remember anything from this morning, this is the main idea to take home. Is that a worship tune-up is to tune out, to tune in. A worship tune-up is to tune out, to tune in. And more specifically, this means to tune out the distractions and voices around us, to tune in to God and his voice. This morning, we're going to, as I said, try something different. I'm going to share a a benefit of corporate worship, teach a little bit from the Word of God, but then you folks get to respond through worship. Caitlin is going to lead us in a song after every benefit as a response to the Word of God and the presence of God in you at this moment. So we're looking for some exciting worship, some great um, movement. You're free to stand, to dance, to wave, whatever you, uh, whatever the Spirit leads you to do. And that's what we're going to be trying out this morning. So let's go for it. Go for it. The first benefit of corporate worship is that it allows us to focus. I said, many of us come here maybe not in the best mood. We're often distracted. We're often thinking we should be somewhere else. But when we we come here, this is a place we are supposed to worship the one and only living God. Psalm 73, verse 16 to 17 says this. In in this psalm, the, um, the psalmist is writing about frustrations when he sees the wicked. It appears that The wicked have a good life. They have riches. They enjoy luxuries of life. And he's looking at his own life as a devout follower of God. How much he's suffering. And how much it's not a whole lot of fun trying to be holy and, 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 and good before God. He's wondering... Does this, does this all make sense? I mean, what's up with that? But clarity comes to the psalmist when he does something that we all do on Sunday mornings when we come here. In Psalm 73, verses 16 to 17, he writes, But when I thought how to understand this, specifically how the wicked seem to live a good life, it seemed to me a wor- worrisome task. Until I went, now catch this, into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end or their ultimate judgment. It wasn't until the psalmist, the writer, got clarity went until he entered into the sanctuary of God. The writer gains understanding through this, this exercise of coming to God in his, in his house. And it is there he is able to focus. 
Corporate worship helps us to tune out the fog of our circumstances to tune in to God. Caitlin? So this first one is actually kind of my favorite one um, because I get distracted so much. Um, and, and I don't know if you can relate to that. There are so many things going on in the world, in our lives, and sometimes you kind of ask yourself, God, where are you in all of this? But really, he's been there the whole time. It's just we've been so fogged up and, and distracted by everything going on. And so musical worship is, is one way for me to focus, to drown out all the other noises and voices and just zero in on the truths of who God is, um, the truths that are in his word that you might not uh, have memorized, but you can remember to a tune. And we're going to be singing Great Are You, Lord. And I love this song because, because of the simple statements that you hear in the beginning. He's the creator. He's the one who gives life. He is love. He brings light into the dark places. He's the hope that restores us um, in our brokenness. And without that, I don't think I would survive this world. And so, so I invite you to sing this with me and sing it, sing it like your life depends on it because it really does.
first benefit of corporate worship is focus. To be able to focus and truly worship our God with all of our bodies, all of our minds, with all of our souls, and all of our hearts. The second benefit of corporate worship is that we have community. When we gather together every Sunday morning, this is supposedly a taste of what heaven is going to be like. Revelation 7 verse 9 says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. When we are in heaven, we will be worshiping with the multitudes from all tongues, from all nations. We are not alone, but part of a community. Especially when we are going through tough times, we have the assurance that we have a church family, a community that will stand alongside us, helping us when we have fallen to lift us back up or when we are weary. Uh, I remember people were surprised when My wife Terry and I, on the day after our wedding, came to church and worshipped with our church family. And also, I remember people being very surprised when both my parents, when they passed away, that the Sunday following that, I came to church. Because for me, I knew of no better place where I could come and be ministered to, supported by my church family, but through worship during a time of my grieving. And that's what it means to be part of a community. And that's what worship, corporate worship, is all about. So for this next song, um, it's in moments like these. And when I was reading over this this specific point immediately made me think of worshiping um, that picture of worshiping of every nation, every tribe, every tongue worshiping God together and how we are one community, one family, one in Christ. And if you guys don't know, In Moments Like These was kind of like our theme song last time we went to India um, and worshiping with the Naga people. And they, they taught us this song in their language. And we have not had an opportunity since then to share it with you. But um, today we're going to do that. And it's fitting as we're, you know, we just prayed for the India team today. Just making connections, bridging that gap from us to somewhere very far away. Um, that we are one in Christ. And so we're going to sing. I, we don't have time to teach it. So... Don't worry, you're off the hook. Maybe if you went to India before, you should know it. Um, But we're going to sing it, and the words are up there. Feel free to sing along if you want. Sing in moments like these. In moments like these. I sing out a song, I sing out a love song to Jesus in 
of corporate worship is spiritual growth. That when we gather to worship together, we gain and encourage and actually catalyze our own spiritual growth. Acts 2 verse 42 says, The early church gathered and experienced different spiritual disciplines together. The verses, verse says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, speaks how worship for believers is for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So the scripture tells us that when we gather to worship, when we come to worship, when we hear teaching, when we pray, when we sing songs, when we break bread and have fellowship, spiritual growth happens. In the series prior to this, we were learning about our spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are meant to build up the body of Christ. Corporate worship 
grows us spiritually, not just by knowledge or teaching alone, but by the Holy Spirit who is present to transform our hearts and our minds at the same time. The worship experience opens the door for the growth, for that kind of growth to happen, to be more like Jesus. If you haven't caught on, Pastor Calvin likes to do that. We're singing more like Jesus today. Um, and again, I love the song as well. You'll probably hear me say that before every single song. Um, but I love this song because that's what we aim to be more like. That is the whole point of all of this, is to become more and more like Jesus, to be transformed into his likeness, to learn how to love like he did, to um, sacrifice like he did, to, to lay down your lives for your friends, for your enemies, for your neighbors, like he did. And so together, that's what we're learning together. Um, so let's sing the song.
going through this time of worship, we've kind of been move, going through this movement, this transition from where we first started and where we are right now. We started with focus, and then we came to community, then spiritual growth. And spiritual growth in this particular area is very difficult. It takes a lot of maturity, humbleness, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work. Because corporate worship helps us to learn about submission. And submission is a free will act of yielding to another. And this is really hard to do, especially in American culture, to submit. And, and, and this, this word submission or to submit is, is so loaded. It's full of baggage because it's misunderstood as to meaning subordination or servitude. But that's not what submission is. It's voluntary and given freely. But as followers of Jesus Christ, submission must be evident in our lives. And the help of the Holy Spirit is necessary to do this, to be able to submit to another. Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 21 says this, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission is hard, but it's something that we have called to do in all of our lives, whether it's in our families, our marriages, in our church, in our workplace, and even in our government societies. In corporate worship, we learn to let go and to submit to others. And practically speaking, when you come to church on Sundays to worship together, you are submitting to the teaching from the pulpit and also from the leading of our worship teams to lead you into the presence of God. That's submission. But most important, we are reminded of the Lordship of Jesus Christ who we all submit to if we truly believe he is our Lord and Savior. That we are not God, but he is God. So as I was thinking about this this point in particular, I was thinking about um, what I feel like, the sense I've been feeling from our church and from people in our church and just in conversations and hearing what people are going through. And you guys are going through a lot. Um, life is hard. There are many challenges and many trials. Work is hard. Friends, relationships, people, all messy and all difficult. And, and I was thinking about the song that we're going to sing next because I love... I love how in every single moment, every single trial and challenge, there's prayer. Uh, each verse is a prayer in every circumstance. And it, and it kind of culminates in the bridge where it says, All of my life, in every season, you are still God. You are still God. And because of that, we have a reason to sing and we have a reason to worship. And so, 
I think it's really the best place to be is to remember that being in surrender and um, submission to our God is probably the best place that we want to be, the best place that we can be. When life is going crazy, we have a God who is constant, who is faithful, and he is our God, and he will be there with us in the pits and on the high mountain. But this is a prayer for us as a church while we're going through just a lot of stuff. You are still God, I have a reason. 
The last uh, benefit of corporate worship that I want to highlight this morning, and probably for me, this is the one that is the most exciting for me, and that corporate worship brings magnified joy, that joy is multiplied when we are together. It's that concept where if each of you were a lump of coal and we lit you up, you would be burning, right? It's so amazing when you put a pile of coals together and light it up and the amount of heat that's generated when there's a closeness, when there's a multiplication of one. Psalm 100, verse 1 to 4 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. When we worship, when we draw near to God, whether we do it alone by ourselves or when we do it together in one big room like this, there is one huge difference though when we gather together. When we worship together, our experience becomes magnified, accentuated, multiplied. It's kind of like when you go to a sporting event and the crowd is cheering. And that kind of cheering brings tingles into your body. Or it's the excitement when you go to a music concert. And I just learned this weekend a generous friend here invited me to go with them to the BTS concert. So I'm a K-pop fan. So you imagine going there, the excitement and the noise that the fans and the crowd will be singing in unison with that boy band. And that's what corporate worship is supposed to be like. It's that kind of excitement where we are singing in unison to the God who deserves that kind of praise. Worship should be like one big celebration to share joy together. Do you desperately long for that? Because I know I do. Sam Storm in his book, Practicing the Power, says this about the need for corporate worship. The need for God's people to be so collectively full of God's presence that their worship is transformed, their relationships are transformed, and their lives as a totality are transformed. When we come together on a Sunday morning, is isn't just to hear good teaching, to sing fun songs, or to pray meaningful prayers. You come to meet God and through the Holy Spirit be transformed. That's what's supposed to happen. And and that's what I long for, and I hope you do too. So worship is something that we can come together to experience the fullness of God together.
Okay, so for this last one, I'm going to invite you to stand. Uh, if, if BTS can get a hole, you know, we can do that for our God, okay? <laughs> Another benefit of corporate worship is a time that we can come together to celebrate communion, the Lord's Supper. I'm going to present the elements and pray for us, and you can have a seat as we prepare for this time. 
here at Christian Layman Church, we practice what's known as open communion. So you don't have to be a member of a church or even have been baptized. The only thing we ask is that you've made that decision to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you've done that, you're welcome to come and partake at the table.